BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Oh, hey, yo. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. It's Pastor Down. The straight punk bitch! I mean, you're just gonna replace me. Shut up! Miranda Morales. The biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere! Why do I have to have a buzzer? You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my show. You guys know how to party. You're welcome. What is up? A beautiful Tuesday evening, May the 2nd, 2023, as we come to you with this here Greg DeMarco show. My name is Greg DeMarco. He's Patrick. We're going to we're going to get into the show opening stuff, Patrick. But like, I feel like if they don't know it by now, they can learn it later in in this show. We kind of winged it last week. We talked about some stuff in the beginning, and, and, and it got a lot of good feedback, even though the, the title of the show was Because Fuck Wrestling. We talked wrestling, but we also talked what? We did talk wrestling. We were heavy, heavy on the bowling, I believe, last week, if I do recall. Oh, um, that was, yeah, because I just come off a tournament. Yes. Which is Hell, cool. I didn't even tell you. I didn't even, and then I still had bowling to wrap up after that episode. Did I you? Finally hit a goal. I finally hit a goal of mine. What was the goal? What, what goal did you hit? Uh, to finish a finish a bowling season with a 200 average. You t- uh, you were there, and we talked about it, and you were like not uh, going to pull the don't bowl because, you know, to not screw up the average. So, so did you bowl? So I did bowl. Okay. I did bowl, uh, and my first game was like a 181, and Uh-oh. I'm like, well, that's not good. My second game was a one sixty. Like a 169 or something like so that. So at this point, do you oh. know what 
what this was doing to your average, like in the moment? Did you know, okay, now yes, I'm down in like I, 196 area? I was sitting, or... my, my average was at a 200.4 going into that game. And into the second game? I, 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 into the, no, into, into, because I call a game the, the three games. You talk about the whole set. Goal. Okay. I'm thinking yeah. of like tennis. So go, going into the set, I knew, um, because they it's it's that average based on that series is is really what you're going for. Right. So going into the third game of that series, I was sitting on 360 pins. So I need to bowl I needed to bowl a 240. So I had not bowled well. I needed to bowl a 240 in my third game to get over a 600 for series, which is a 200 over right. 200 average to do it. I shot a 256. Look at that. Uh, to wrap up it's like a hundred pins better I, than your second game. I did. I smoked. I smoked my second game, uh, and that was that was nice. So, now, did you achieved. like? Did you drink some magic potion, like like, or was it just mental? Like you're like, okay, if I don't do this, my average, I don't get to complete this uh, goal of the 200 average. No, no potion. I do think uh, I finally adjusted to the shot a little bit better, and the lanes broke down for me okay. in a way that was good, and that allowed for better results gotcha um, you know it was yeah. it was a tough game to get up it was a tough series to get up for anyway because we'd already won the league as a over, team. Yeah. and so like we we lose four games nobody cares we win four games nobody cares we ended up that we ended up uh losing the first two games and then we beat the uh the team so thoroughly the third game on the strength of my 256 and one and another bowler below a 200 that we actually ended up taking that game, and then we won total overall points for the night versus that team because our third game we we crushed them, like thoroughly crushed them to where we made up the difference for total. Gotcha. And so, so that's all. So yeah, it's, it's, that made all the difference. That one game was the most important game of the night. It made it made it for you, made it for your team. Yeah, made it for everybody. Let's had walk you away with some pride. had you not thrown the two fifty six in game three. Would you have regretted your decision to not squat on your average and like not bowl? No, I don't think so because yeah. I would have been disappointed. Right. That but, I that I didn't hit the goal. But I know but you said last week like you didn't want to get it that way. You didn't want to the, sit on the it competitive and, guy yeah. in me would have rather like the feeling of hey, I earned this thing. Yeah. Yeah. By wrapping up the season and finishing what I started. Right. You didn't want like an asterisk. Important. Like you wanted like this is the average for the whole season. Not right. I didn't one week less of a whole season. Right. I didn't miss a week of bowling all season. This is the first season in a long time where I bowled all 33 weeks where I didn't have like a vacation or a time away or something like that. So a long time. It's a lot of weeks. It's a long season. It is. It's a lot of bowling. So so we're gonna jump right in. I, I got this. The, today is apparently the 17 year anniversary of of something that happened in the world of pro wrestling that you and I have a deep affinity for. That that people would not immediately think we have a deep affinity for. We've talked about it before on air. This has come up before. We quote this a lot. Um, there's one specific line that we quote all the time. So I'm just going to play I know it. What it is. You know what it is? I, I figured you yeah. would based on the little snippet I played at the beginning just to test to make sure you could hear it. So let's play it. And then we'll talk about it. We can reminisce. Who knows? Like I said, we're in that time of the year with that between WrestleMania and SummerSlam where we just get to have some fun. So 
Let's play this and, and, and celebrate what apparently happened 17 years ago today. Let me just say this. Uh, during the break, I apologize to the fans here. Right now, I want to take this opportunity to apologize to you, Joey Styles. My fault, just trying to have a little fun. It got out of hand. I'm sorry. Come back out and let's finish the rest of this show. My bad. Come on, Joey. Come on, Joey. Come on back out here. Come on. You want to apologize like nothing happened. Like you didn't knock me on my ass in front of millions of people worldwide. And I'm going to come down there and work with you. I'm not coming back. And now, thanks to the magic of live television, I'm going to show the whole world why for seven years in ECW, I was the unscripted, uncensored, loose cannon of commentary. Six months ago, WWE called me. I didn't call this company because I was looking for a job. I didn't need a job. WWE called me because they had humiliated and fired again Jim Ross. So I get JR's spot. And from week one, week after week, I've got an ongoing lecture about the differences in professional wrestling and sports entertainment. I'm not allowed to say pro wrestling. I'm not allowed to say wrestler. I have to say sports entertainment and refer to the wrestlers as superstars. I'm told to deliberately ignore the moves and the holds during the matches so I can tell stories. Well, ignoring the moves and the holds is damn insulting to the athletes, the wrestlers, not the entertainers who leave their families 300 days a year to ply their craft in that rig. So here's the best part. Because I'm not a sports entertainment storyteller, I get pulled from WrestleMania. And the reason I'm given is, is because I don't sound like Jim Ross, who was the guy they fired in the first place. That makes sense, right? So I swallow the bitter pill. I'm a company guy. I get bumped from WrestleMania. Then I get bumped from Backlash? I'm not good enough to call Backlash. In ECW, I called live pay-per-views on my own. Solo, no color commentators dragging me down. Wasn't done before me, hasn't been done since. But I'm not good enough to call Backlash because I'm not a sports entertainment storyteller. Well, you know what? I am sick of sports entertainment. I am sick of male cheerleaders. I am sick of 
boogers and bathroom humor and semen, and I am sick of our chairman who likes to talk about his own semen. He mocks God. He mocks God and makes out with the divas all to feed his own insatiable ego. I am sick of sports entertainment. And most of all, I'm sick of you fans who actually buy into that crap, this sports entertainment circus. I never needed this job, and I don't want this job anymore. I quit! So there we go. It was actually yesterday was the anniversary. It was May 1st, 2006, 17 years ago yesterday, of the infamous Joey Styles promo. We've talked about it before on this program. We've quoted it. We quote Backlash a lot. I'm surprised we haven't quoted Backlash, backlash as many times this year, with Backlash being this weekend. But, um, well, and he mocks God. Mocks God is also another big one for he us. Mocks God. He mocks God. Like, it's just mocks such a God. good thing. Joey Styles, uh, he did, he, he wasn't a legendary commentator. He was all of that. Could you imagine? He could have been, he could have been Paul Heyman. Like he could yeah. have been, had he came into the business as a manager and where Paul Heyman had the dangerous alliance and he had all that. And then of course ECW, like yeah, yeah, Joey yeah. Styles could have made a great mouthpiece for wrestlers. And, and if he did it, then I don't remember, but obviously it's not what he's known for and not what he's, um, what he's going to be remembered for. But that promo, like you could have easily kickstarted something with him. He ended up becoming the commentator for ECW. WWE CD. where he where he immediately got to you know call a mummy match right and and it would have been great to have him cut a promo on that too but it, it's and then he you know he did other things with the company at different points in time ran their digital media division at one point and did lots of different things he's been in and out with them and and um, what's he even doing now I don't even know what what he's doing now it's, it's like See if we can find out what what he's doing. Yes, I Google Joey Styles and see what's up. I know, like, there's a a 2000 article about like what happened with him, and and he's 51 years old now. Um, there's no. Let's see if there's any present information. He the last. The last uh, thing was back in, he worked for Evolve for a while, but that goes back to 2016 when he tried to make a joke about um, Donald Trump and announcer Joanna Rose, who we've had on the program before. Um, that yep. was back when Donald Trump was grabbing people by certain things. And and um, and then Evolve terminated him, and he's kind of been gone since then. Probably back in the world of marketing, I would imagine. Says. Um, According according to wealthygorilla.com, so this is totally legit. Right. Um, he continues building upon his wealth as the manager of employer solutions at pharmaceutical pres- prescription pricing company Capital R X. Yep. I found the same bit of information. Okay. So let's just assume that's what it is. 
back yeah, in the marketing world, good. back in the business world. That video is on Facebook, so I'm going to close it before somebody sends me a message. And then it dings on air. But there we go. So, yeah. so Joe, Better than your phone, man. What's that? Better than your phone. That's true. That's true. So Skype. Sometimes your Skype, whatever you got going on. Oh, yeah. Skype, Skype will undoubtedly go off because that's, that, that's, that's how I get the files for the Lucha show. So... And they record on Tuesday nights. So that, that at some point, unless they didn't record today, which does happen more frequently now than it used to. But I, I think Joey Styles would have made a heck of a manager. And I look at so many talents now who lack a mouthpiece. And I feel like in the modern day, no one, in my opinion, can give Paul Heyman a run for his money. I think Joey Styles could have. And I kind of wish he would. I don't think he will. Maybe that ship has hailed. Maybe it hasn't. But um, I kind of wish he would. Let me ask you this. Because WrestleMania 41 is in Philly. And Raven recently made a comment that he doesn't believe he'll be inducted ever into the WWE Hall of Fame. Which is mind-blowing, given some of the people who have been inducted. How anyone could think they won't be inducted. Um Given what they did this year, they put Rey Mysterio in, being in Southern California. I believe Paul Heyman is a lock for the Hall of Fame next year. Like, to me, that's just the obvious choice to make. I could see maybe a Tommy Dreamer, maybe Sandman. Um, but the Dudleys in yet? Did they go in? I can't even remember. Uh, I don't know. In. Um, maybe? Yeah, I was like, all effort it while you build up to your question. Yeah, Um and I don't think they are. Oh, it looks like they are. Yeah, they uh, are. Yeah, I think I was gonna say I think it might actually be in there. WrestleMania thirty four is when they when they went in. So Jesus. wow. It's crazy that there's been so many Hall of Fame classes at this point now to where that we just don't remember. Yeah. Well, and they've and they've had to they Part of the reason why they've got to shrink the classes, because they got. So they could do. They could still do seven a year and be fine. But I'm fine with them shrinking the classes. They still haven't done the Batista one that they had to not do. It's true. Um, and I don't know when you pull the trigger on that one. Plus, he's so busy with with Hollywood stuff. But so right. so I could see Paul Heyman. I could see a Raven. Those other names you could do. They they could bust out a Steve Carino who works there. Like, but I don't know if they would do that. I think Joey Styles is a great option for a Hall of Fame induction, assuming that what happened in 2016 doesn't make him untouchable, and I don't think it would eight years later. Right. Um, I think he'd be a great option. And sometimes something like a Hall of Fame will then bring somebody back in the fold, and I do wonder if maybe yeah. they do something like that with a Joey Styles. I mean, they used Rey Mysterio's induction as part of the larger story between himself and his son, so... I could definitely see that, which, you know, looking back, I thought about this last night watching Raw or maybe earlier today when I watched the rest of it. I don't know. But I thought Dominic was going to win at WrestleMania. And then I realized why in the hell did I think Dominic was going to beat Rey Mysterio the day after he gets inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame? Yeah, right. Well, I don't have any idea why you thought that was a thing. Dominic's just white hot right now as a heel. Did you Have you seen his promo from last night on Raw? Not yet. So nope. the Judgment Day did their usual promo. Everybody talks. Right. Dominic goes last. And they gave him the Roman Reigns Raw after WrestleMania 33 treatment. They would not let him speak. Now, this is a, 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 a like... Nice. 
mid-sized city in Texas crowd. This is not uh, a major city crowd, anything. And, and sold out because Raw has been sold out like six straight weeks now or something like that, something crazy. Um, and and Dom just, they wouldn't let him talk. He just, and and then he was working it brilliant. Like he has become, he's learned so much since since his heel turn. Like he's really become yeah, it's he's grown. that he is. He's grown quite a bit. Like he held the mic up a couple times. They wouldn't let him talk. Then he would start talking and briefly pause and they would start to boo the crap out of him. He must've done that five or six times before he actually cut his, his portion of the promo. And just the level of heat that this guy gets is insane. Um, and I love to see it. I absolutely love to see all speaking, of it. Speaking of the judgment day. Um, so I guess you're not going to get that judgment day. Uh, no. Bloodline feud. Not at that all. That you were hoping for. At man. least not yet. The bloodline's not yeah, ending. Yeah, there's still a lot of time, but... The bloodline's not ending anytime soon, and I don't think the Judgment Day no, is I, So I haven't... So I haven't watched... I watched SmackDown Live, actually, Friday. Yeah, I actually watched what did you? First. Yeah, this... Nothing really there for the little O'Dowd and myself to, to waste time with during our quote-unquote sleep overnight, so we watched... So I had Raw on while he or SmackDown on while he played video games, and uh, so I missed I missed Raw yesterday. Right. But did anything play out with you? Like I know the Usos are still on SmackDown. I saw right. The, the Usos are still on SmackDown. There. So did they get? Did they get rejected again or something? Or like they got no? Some we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen yet because. Um, I guess Roman's going to be on SmackDown on Friday, which is real weird because it's in San Juan, Puerto Rico, the same building as Backlash, but Roman's not on the Backlash card. Maybe he's not there. I just saw something on social media about Roman being on SmackDown, right. but maybe he won't be on SmackDown. I don't know. But they're definitely playing it up, and, and a lot of the social media, like the looks that Solo gives them, it's like Solo knows that, that you know, Roman's going to make the call at some point for him to beat the crap out of the Usos. Solo might right. be the next domino to fall. Like maybe Solo will refuse. They are his brothers. Um, they're his older brothers. So I, it, it's Solo to me has become one of the most fascinating characters they have, despite his relative newness to the company. I don't know how long he's been wrestling. Probably six or seven years. Um, and, and and worked indies in Arizona, California, and and, and Nevada, based out of Vegas. Um, so. Yeah, our our at, at Raw, the Raw before Mania. I was reminded by by Miranda Morales that apparently she announced his last ever indie match. I don't know. Um, she she can make that claim. I'm not going to dispute it, right? She can't she can't back it up with paperwork, but it's there. So anyway, yeah, he was he was based on the the West Coast Independence, Sifa Fatu before going to WWE, NXT, and now, of course, main roster. And he's just that that unique, he's that silent character. He does, he rarely ever speaks. And, and people just buy into Solo big time and, and could be lightning in a bottle with him someday. Some people have him pegged as the guy to unseat Roman eventually. Who knows? I feel like it's too soon to Maybe. even guess, but I don't know. But it, it's, it's, so nothing has happened with the Bloodline, but they are on separate brands from, uh, from, from the the judgment day they are they are not however on separate brands from the lwo so i think that could be a thing yeah for them as well and that brings up some problems that i had with this draft 
because I did have some problems Uh-oh. with this draft. So let me do this. We're 22 minutes in. Let's go to commercial. We're going to talk about problems Greg's had, Greg had with the draft. And, and then we'll do the list, and, and then we'll call it a show. So go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick up one of those beautiful chair shot T-shirts. We've got all sorts of shirts for the podcast, for us, for the, the website, for everything that you could possibly want. It's there at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. The weather's getting warmer, so if you want to go sleeveless, you have that option. Of course, you always have the option. What's that? Said Rick Boog style. You could go Rick Boog style. He's now like the Meat Mountain or something like that. Is Rick Boog's nickname? I don't know. <laughs> right, right. Just feels weird to have, not have him with Shinsuke Nakamura, but whatever. Uh, I thought they would fix that in this draft, and they didn't. They they swapped their brands. But um, Rick Boog's is is never really had the NXT run at all, and and now he's Rick Boog's. So who knows? But yeah. Uh, but grab your shirt. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick it up. Any style you want, soft style, and so many more. It's a great conversation starter. It makes you look like a good fan. It does support the things that we do here and, and everything that we have at thechairshot.com and the Chairshot Radio Network, which we want you to support. So so follow up You know while you're, while you're listening to this. Like, subscribe, leave a five-star review. Wherever you're listening, go follow Patrick Redout on Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G. R-E-A-L-I-S-T. I'm at Greg DeMarco 44. The website's at ChairShot Media for TheChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash TheChairShot and pick up a ChairShot t-shirt today. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. It's gonna be me. It's not going to be May. It is May. So the WWE draft just took place this past Friday and Monday. And I was excited for it. I'm not going to lie. Like we had this whole argument, not argument, but discussion on the hashtag Miranda show where Miranda was like, can you make me excited for the draft? And I was trying to convince her whatever and totally backfired. I was excited for this draft to take place. And then I watched the draft. I saw it on SmackDown. I saw it play it on Raw. And I feel as though it was a giant waste of time. I really do. Like, people like to call me a WWE apologist and, and whatever, and, and, and I only see things positive, but I didn't like this draft. They, they sold it as anything can happen, people can get split up, and, and everybody's eligible, and you just don't know. And no tag teams got split up. They got drafted as units. So, so you couldn't yep. split them up if you right wanted. out the gate too. Like right, right out the I'll gate. I'll get there. Oh, 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 shut up. I will get there. I got a, that's one of my massive problems with this draft is, is what you're referring to with right out of the gate. And, and it was just, they, they could have just posted a fucking article on the website of who got drafted where, or done it throughout the show with like a ticker on the bottom of the screen, which I think would have really helped. I hate the format of the draft. Like you're not the NFL. You don't have 32 teams. You've got two brands plus NXT. Like it just doesn't work for me in, in the current format. And, but I also think it was a necessary evil because the state of the rosters had become so bad 
and Triple H kind of inherited that, that I do think it was a necessary evil. But the way it played out was just like, eh, okay, whatever. Um, if they keep a super hard brand split, then they don't have to do this let's draft everybody thing every time. They can just make some moves mm-hmm. come draft time, and it can be a little more exciting and, and a little bit more easy to buy into. I do know that draft usually equals ratings. I haven't looked yet to see what the rating was for Raw, but who knows. But you were starting to bring it up. And I got a massive problem with just the inconsistencies. And I know I am being hypocritical over things that we talk about on this program, trying to apply logic to an illogical situation. I get it all. But you're setting yourself up by doing a sports-style draft. When you put inconsistencies into what is a set process, you are opening yourself up to this criticism. Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa were drafted together. But the Usos were separate. And Paul Heyman. And Paul Heyman. But the Usos were separate. The Judgment Day was drafted as Dominic Mysterio, Damian Priest, and Finn Balor. But Rhea Ripley was drafted separately from the Judgment Day. And you could say, well, she had to be drafted separately because she's a sitting champion. Okay, so is Roman Reigns. He's not just a sitting champion. He's the sitting champion. Now, they kept referring to Roman and Solo as a package deal. But they didn't go so far as to tell us that, like, Heyman negotiated this. Heyman forced it. Roman forced it. And they set the precedent because both Brock Lesnar and Omos had their free agent status negotiated. So they set a precedent where Heyman could have negotiated for Solo to be attached to Roman, but they didn't. Then they drafted the entire Latino world order. Rey Mysterio, Santos Escobar, Joaquin Joaquin Wilde, Cruz del Toro, and Zelina Vega. All five people as one unit. But yet the bloodline couldn't be drafted as a unit. Which, counting Paul Heyman, would have been five people. And the Judgment Day couldn't be drafted as a unit, which is four people. And maybe they did these because they wanted to get a certain number of picks, and so that's why they had to split some up and put some together and whatever. But, like, they didn't do this major, oh, my God, the Usos are going to end up on Raw. When they got picked in the second round or whatever, just kind of like the Usos. And I feel like maybe some of the execution got overwhelming. I don't know. But I was underwhelmed by this draft as a whole. And because I just felt like it was very chalky. Um, and, and you know, they, they switched the women's champions on their brands. They switched the secondary champions on their brands. Roman went to SmackDown. So Raw gets the new world heavyweight champion. Like they didn't do like, ha- has there ever been a draft where both women's champions ended up on the same brand? Like now we have some intrigue. No. Greg, you're, you're leaving out the most important change that happened between the two brands. As a result of this brand, of uh, this track. What, the ring announcers? The, ri- the ring announcers have switched. Oh, Game no. Changed. Game changed. I um, I can't stand that woman, by the way. I hate the way that she... A lot of people... I've heard that recently. And I don't know why. And and I, I was I just, watching I don't Smackdown think she's very good at it. One I night. Think that- and my own wife can't stand Samantha Irvin as a ring announcer. I think she does a great job. I, I think she's, she's... And... I mean... That's fine. That makes for good podcasting. But because if we always agree all the time, then, then what's the point? I don't know what it is it's about her. I don't know what it is about her intonation and the way that she. I just 
don't I don't like it. I don't like the way that she does it. And, and you know, maybe I'm just an old fart who doesn't like how uh who who wants his ring? I I actually prefer boring ring announcers anyway because right. you know I was raised in the eighties. Like I want that guy who says the name and then says the name again at the end, like the last name. I like Kennedy. Like that's you know Kennedy. That's what I want. And that was rarely Maybe, done uh, in wrestling. That's more done in boxing. No, no, no. yeah, it's boxing. But they did that in Creed. No, 3. I don't... they actually did that in announcing the main yeah. event of Creed three. I was kind of impressed by that when they did that. I mean, I don't know. I it's weird to. You know, talk about the draft itself. There were there were some missed opportunities, even with some of the intrigue that you were discussing there that could happen. Like the Usos alone, like and you talk about not having it be like a Paul Paul Heyman negotiated thing. Like think about think about the story you could tell over the course of SmackDown to Raw, even of you know Paul. You know, maybe the maybe they're all the bloodlines all there. Is they, they were they were there they're hyping up or whatever draft tape blah 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 and Paul's like I've you know I've worked it all out on behalf of our tribal chief uh, and then the announcement comes out that you know the three of them get drafted and the, and the Usos are on the outside looking in and then it can be a well what's going on here like Sami Zayn tried to point that out and it just didn't go anywhere. Which was just, which was weird and mildly disappointing. I don't know. I come with you. I think that I don't know that I was as as sort of frustrated as you seem to be with it. Just because it, it seems like it was very, it was very disappointing because it it felt like they and this has happened with drafts before too, where it felt like it was going to be a bigger deal. Right. They said it up and to be a bigger it, deal. Yeah, and then it really wasn't. It was just a it was just a roster shakeup to move some folks around. Make some changes to the programs. Get and, Cody over to Raw, which is uh, where he was anyway. He, he only made a no, couple no, of sorry. appearances on SmackDown. Keep, keep Cody and Raw. Yeah, uh, they, they and they kept Cody and Roman apart, and everyone Raw. wanted them to put Cody and Roman together on the same brand because they seem to think that Cody's going to beat Roman at SummerSlam. I'm like no one listens, Patrick or Dad, when I tell them. Right. This now sets things up perfectly for Cody to beat Roman at WrestleMania 41, which is after he's passed Hogan. Like, it's all right there. It's literally all right there in front of people's faces. And and they've set, they've got some good opponents now on SmackDown for Roman. Like, Sheamus is still there. You can do that. Bobby Lashley is now over there, so you can do that. Um, again, you could do the LWO, and there's some good stories to tell tell that way. Like, there is some—and there's some names I'm forgetting that, that are on SmackDown now that could work. They've got a great right. group of people on Raw where you can put together a really good field for— the, the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. There's so much that you can do to make this an entertaining set of programs between the two between the two brands. So the result of it, I'm fine. So, just, right. just, just don't. I just hate the format. I think is a big part of it. Like we don't need all yeah. these different rounds and everything. But some of it was a necessary evil. the The roster was in shambles in terms of who was where. People had moved around so much. No. No one really knew who was on what brand. Hell, your tag team champions were technically on separate brands because Owens was a Raw talent and Sami Zayn was a SmackDown talent. Like, they did have to solidify some of that. Right. But there were just some things that didn't make sense to me and that I was just generally annoyed by. And and the bloodline was the biggest one. And I just, like, the last draft they did, the stupid title swap between Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair was so bad. Why set it yourself up to have to do it again? And they haven't told us they're doing that. At all. Like, Bianca Belair right. and her promo, which, by the way, was not good. 
where she kept saying she's excited to be your SmackDown Women's Champion, like, and, and Rhea Ripley hasn't said she's going to become the Raw Women's Champion. Like, I, maybe they are going to pull something. It's really weird, too, because right. this weekend um, at Backlash, Bianca Belair is defending against EO Sky, another SmackDown talent now. So even if EO were to win, she's still on SmackDown. Right. Doesn't um, go anywhere. Rhea Ripley right. is defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Zelina Vega, who is also on SmackDown. So of the four women involved in, in title matches this weekend, three are SmackDown talents. And and so they, I just hope they do something more creative than a title swap. I really do. Like, I, I almost hope right. they, someone made the suggestion of have, have, you know, Bianca and, um, and Rhea fight. And then basically whoever wins gets to be the champion on their brand and the other one doesn't. And then that title's vacated or whatever. But, and are they going to do separate tag titles now? Like there's, there are a lot of questions that we got to figure out because, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are linked to Raw, so SmackDown doesn't have tag titles. So are we going to split those up down the road? Like who? I think we got to crown this World Heavyweight Champion first, and then figure the rest out. Why? Why are you so worried about this? It's going to be okay. Oh, I know. It's just a lot of questions, and I'm yeah. not saying these are bad questions. The the I inconsistencies guess I, I within just, the draft I don't like. The questions coming out of it I think can actually be intriguing if they use them. There, there you go. You're. I was just. It felt like you were hand wringing a little bit there, Greg. And I didn't. I, I didn't need you. Didn't need you hand ring. Uh, as a guy who doesn't watch, as a guy who doesn't watch NXT, yes. Who out of the NXT quote unquote call ups should I be most paying attention to moving forward? Well, other than Indy Hartwell, who's now injured. So keep watching SmackDown because you've talked about him before. You've talked about Grayson Waller before. Yes, I have. He was one of the random one-off during the post-show draftees to SmackDown, which I found interesting. He's going to be a huge star, in my opinion. The other combo is pretty deadly. Pretty deadly, also going to SmackDown. (laughs) Sorry. Did you see my messages to you about pretty deadly? Yes, yes. They are, in my opinion, they, they, they can be huge stars. Like, they are just so good at what they do. Literally, the only bad thing about Pretty Deadly is their finisher. Their finisher is terrible. They can't even hit it properly because it's a poorly concocted finisher. Hopefully, somebody changes the finisher because everything else they do is pure brilliance. And, and they were built for, they are sports entertainers. They were built for a brand like SmackDown, which is more entertainment-focused. Not that they can't work. They can. And they had some great matches with New Day when New Day was NXT Tag Champions. Like, yep. They've done some amazing things. Well, but they are going to crush it on SmackDown, in my opinion. And here's the bright side. If they need a gimmick change, they can dress like 1980s vampires from the movie The Lost Boys, and it'll work. Because it's uncanny, man. I'm telling you. It really I is. Yeah, looked at the two. Me, the, I was just like, that is, you were 100% put them in, right. Put them in leather leather 80s hair metal rock star outfits and they are in the lost boys i agree it's for those of you who don't know the lost boys is a classic 1980s vampire don't know that i would really call it horror because it's kind of goofy and funny starring Corey feldman and Corey ham two names that you probably also don't know about oh they should do yourself a favor though but shirtless saxophone muscle guy just the the, the movie's ridiculous, kids. It's so much fun. Please watch it. It's hard to imagine someone not I also not knowing... don't know if I've frozen for Greg or if Greg has frozen for me. So you're frozen for me, but, but I can somebody hear you. is frozen. So so Patrick O'Dowd is, is frozen. I'm going to text Patrick O'Dowd and let him know. 
um, what's going on. So let's do this. We are back from our technology imposed break. Um, yeah, we had some, some tech, tech issues. All good though. So here we go. We were going to shift the, all right, look, Greg thought the draft was stupid. That, that, that's basically it. Um, but it was also a necessary stupid because of the state of the rosters. So here we go. But instead, now that we're back from break, we get to have some fun because you guys know what time it is. Dean fucking Ambrose. Acknowledge me. Shut your dumb mouth. You just made the list. We are going to make the list. Everybody's favorite um, thing that we do. And so it should be. Should be good. Should be a lot of fun. Always is. So this week's list is a little bit different. Um, almost challenging. There may be some some opportunities where Patrick and I say no to the other person's submission on the list because of one of the rules that's involved with this list. So today's list, but it should be fun. Hopefully you'll learn something about us as fans. We may even learn something about each other, depending on who some of these names are. So today's list is very simple. Wrestlers who you'd be surprised to learn that we loved. So pro wrestlers that you as a listener would be surprised to learn that we loved. So what does that mean? That means we can include people that we've talked about a lot. I cannot put Jinder Mahal on the list. You all know this. We've been talking about Jinder going back for several years now. Jinder's not going to be eligible for the list. We just had WrestleMania 39. The gender stuff started at WrestleMania 33. That's six years of, of gender at this point. Wow. I know, right? Isn't that Gee, crazy? Because um, 33 was the WrestleMania Battle Royal where he put over put over Gronk, basically, for Mojo Rawley to win. Yep. Patrick O'Dowd cannot put the boogie-woogie man Jimmy Valiant on the list. We've talked about Rick Martel. We've talked about Nick Bockwinkle. I cannot say Adam Cole, right? We just th- These are all obvious choices. That we put on the list. It would come as no surprise if I said I love the Midnight Express. Like it just wouldn't be a thing to, to come on the list and, and to be on the list. Um, even mid-level stuff. Like if I were to say the Steiner brothers, Patrick should say no. We've talked enough about the Steiner brothers to where you would right. not be surprised to learn that I loved the Steiner brothers. So that's where that comes from. So this week. You just made the list. Wrestlers who you would be surprised to learn that we loved. So it's my topic, which means Patrick O'Dowd will go first. We will put six items on the list, and then we will put those six items in order after that. So Patrick O'Dowd, you get to go first. Who is the first wrestler that we would always surprise to learn that you loved? Santino Marella. Ooh, I like that. And I'll even tell you the day he won me over. Okay. It was his, I mean, it was the day he won many people. It was when he was holding the Intercontinental, Intercontinental title and he would say, the Honky Tonk Man held the Intercontinental title for however many weeks or days. And then he would be like, and I've held the title for three days. <laughs> and, and was talking like he was going after the street. From that to his fake trombone playing march that he would do in celebration to the Cobra, even now on Impact, like yeah. as the like pseudo authority figure, whatever he's yeah, doing he's the authority there, figure. that I that I don't fully understand because he's also wrestling again soon or did wrestle. And like they're selling the Cobra figure. merchandise now, 
And Scott Demore yeah. still does stuff because he's the president. So, yeah, right. you're right. But but Santino, from the moment he got quote unquote called out of the crowd to win the Intercontinental title from uh, was it Bobby Lashley? I think no. so. Yeah, um, like during Lashley's was first it Bobby one. Lashley? You're right. Maybe. Um, I've always like to his whole like weird attraction to larger Glamazons, all of that stuff. Great stuff. Um, Umaga. He won it from Umaga. Oh, it was Umaga. That's what it was. Yes. Yes. With help. With John Cena's help. And then he almost won a Royal Rumble. The one that that was won by Alberto Del Rio. He like snuck back in and almost won. And people were going crazy for it. Santina Morella as well. Santina, yep. That's probably something that people would rather forget. But still a thing. Yeah, brilliant performer. Really brilliant performer. I love that you have Santino on the list. So great, great choice. Super happy to, to see that one. I am going to go. I don't think we've ever talked about this person. I really don't. And, and, and I can actually put two of these people on the list, but I really want to keep them separate, which means I may not use the other one. Cause I'll feel like it's cheating, but, and, and I think this is an appreciation that grew over the years that maybe when this person was active, I didn't appreciate them as much as I do now. Ivan Koloff is a wrestler okay. that I love watching. His interviews, like, of course, he's not really Russian, but everything that was Ivan Koloff, I think people could learn a lot from Ivan Koloff today. So I am putting the Here's, Russian bear Ivan Koloff on the list. Here's the thing that I think is really interesting about you talking about it, because... Ivan Koloff was often paired with new young heels yes. to get over back in the day because of what he could do with a, uh, with, with, as a, as a talker, as a, you know, fake Russian, uh, as well as just, he looked like a gremlin, like a tough gremlin. He did. I like him. Good choice. Good call. Uh, you can't escape the AWA when talking of about Pedro Dow. Uh, and so I'm going to put a tag team on here uh, and you may avoid it. Oh, I don't think I'm going to avoid it. I don't think, I don't think we've talked, you and I have talked about this tag team plenty, but I don't think on this program over the past 12, 13, 12 years that we have talked about 12 years, almost now um, that we have talked about this tag team. If ever, and if, and if we have definitely not at great length, Definitely not about your affinity towards this tag team. So this tag team is involved in one of the most brutal matches I've ever watched on, on television. And it's not a tag team that I think people would expect to have been in that kind of match, given the type of characters they were. Uh, and that's Playboy uh, Playboy Buddy Rose and Brady Boy Doug Summers. They were in a very hot feud for 1987 AWA with the Midnight Rockers, Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels, who, you know, everybody knows them. And this, this feud culminated in a, just a brutal, bloody, I, it's almost nauseating how much like Buddy Rose bleeds in that, in this match, like Shawn, everybody just stuck pigs. They were managed by Sherry Martel, like all of that stuff. They were so great. And the reason it was such a, a crazy, surprising match and why 
I don't I, I why I can't appreciate blood is because that was a team that was just such the cowardly heel, like don't touch his heel guys, and, and they would always escape the midnight midnight rockers. And in this match, they couldn't escape. And it was it's awesome. I, I still to this day tell people that's a, a tag match to watch and a tag feud. And wasn't watch, that a non title match that was supposed to be a title match? Yeah, or something? I know it was yeah. It, because it, the Midnight it, Rockers yeah, won that tournament and got a title shot that night, but then it was turned into a non title match and it was a bloodbath they won. And then they didn't actually win the titles as a result. So Yeah, they never won the titles. Man, they And did, then they went back to the WWE. They, they never won a lot of titles, the the Rockers. So even when they did win titles, it got reversed anyway. So, because um, the ropes fell apart, you know. Thanks yes, for and it was a house show. So come on, um, good choice though. So here's the now you've possibly altered my list. I don't know because who I thought you were going with when you brought up the AWA was an option on my list, and and until, I had a couple of names. I have a couple of AWA names on here, but I this is a tag team. Oh, this is a tag team. Oh, okay. Um, that I, that I consider putting on there, but I'm going to go recent. I'm going to go current. Not even. I'm going to go current, and and potentially save this for another portion of the list, or maybe they won't make the list. Who knows? Because there are a lot of options. And I maybe we've talked about this person, and so I can't count them. I don't know, but. Despite how this person has been booked, despite I have have on Twitter, even people will use this person as an example as could never be a credible challenger for, say, Roman Reigns, because, you know, we always talk about in two weeks, you can turn anybody into a credible challenger. And I believe fans could actually buy into near falls and this person nearly beating Roman Reigns. And that's Ricochet. Oh. And hearing your reaction to it, I'm guessing I don't have to remove Ricochet from the list. No, I was not expecting Ricochet at all. So. That's good. All right. So I, gonna... I wouldn't say I would. I like we've we've not we've talked about Ricochet like when things yes, but we haven't talked about him in that occasion. way. Right? Like we've never like gone nuts. Okay, so I always make these lists longer than I need to. It's okay. I I'm debating on if I go with yet another old school or if I go with a current wrestler. And, and I think I'm gonna okay. Choice is yours. So I'm gonna go with some. I'm going to go with somebody current, somebody who doesn't work for the WWE. Okay. And somebody that I can't even fully explain why I enjoy watching them wrestle so much. That's the best kind. It's David Finley. I don't know why I like watching David Finley wrestle and work in New Japan. But. But you do. I find myself compelled to pay attention when he is. On my television screen. And obviously you're not the only one. Like the dude was given the mantle of the Bullet Club, which is kind of a big deal. Right. So obviously uh, somebody sees what you see. That's all I'll say. So Somebody sees what you fair see. Fair enough. I do like that you can't explain it because that is a point. That is part of pro wrestling. Like that's part of the deal. Like that's that it factor, right? That you really can't always explain is is the it factor and 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 what that is and so i think it's great and and who knows maybe he'll he'll still achieve that certain level of stardom i don't know we'll see so i've got the last option on the list and i mean we have the honorable mentions so i'm not going to go with the tag team that we referred to because i'm going to go with one that is way out of left field 
and and one that I don't know if his name has ever been said on the program. I'm sure it has. It's been 12 years. But for some reason, when this dude wrestled back on Superstars of Wrestling and old WWF, I don't know. I just thought he was great, and I enjoyed watching him wrestle. And maybe it was just because when I was a kid, I loved his name. And maybe that's what turned me on to this person. And then I just followed along and enjoyed everything they did. He would later wrestle under the name Savio Vega. And back in Puerto Rico, he wrestled as, as, under the name TNT and was like one of the most hardcore wrestlers ever. But he first came into the company under a mask with the name Quang. Why yeah, he had the name Quang, Quang I don't know what it was, but I loved Quang. And, and I remember, I think it was on an episode of superstars, maybe even raw Quang got like an intercontinental title shot. And I really wanted him to win. And, and I really loved Quang. And, and I had this memory of Quang and this other person almost made my list. At one point, the color commentator on one of these shows, superstars of wrestling, wrestling challenge was Johnny Polo. Now, Johnny Polo rose to stardom in the Pacific Northwest under the name Scotty the Body, became Johnny Polo in WWE, and then would resurface in a little company called ECW under the name of Raven. But Quang did something in a match where Johnny Polo just blurts out the phrase, that was funky fresh. And for some reason, (laughs) 30 plus years later, it sticks with me. And, and and Johnny Polo saying something he did was funky for it. Johnny Polo is one of the most underrated color commentators of all time, by the way. To think that yeah. guy, that, that guy named Scotty the Body, who became Johnny Polo in WWE, would eventually become Raven. This emo, what about me character is, is just insane to me. And that's what he rose to stardom as. But Cream rises to the top. So I'm going, Quang is the final person on my list. So. Patrick O'Dowd. Let's let's do the second commercial break, and then we'll come back with the honorable mentions, and we'll put the list in order. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right, Patrick O'Dowd, before we put this list in order, where I'll get to go first, this is a, I'm just looking at the list right now and I'm like, I don't even know how to pick who would be number I one. I don't know that there is an order. Right. Like, I, like, but we put it at part of the gimmick. We put it in order. Who are some of this? Who are some of the honorable mentions? This is the most eclectic list ever. Who are some of your honorable mentions? So, all right. So here's the one you would have vetoed, or at least I'm sure you would have vetoed. It's, uh, but I, because I've defended this guy. Probably, I'm sure I've defended this guy on the show, but I definitely defended him outside the show. Uh, that's Lex Luger. Like, and I probably would have vetoed fight... Lex Luger. What's that? We, we've talked about Lex Luger on the air before. I know that. So I probably would have vetoed right. him. And, and I'm, but, I, but I'm going to stand by so many people say that guy can't work. No, he can't. And you're wrong. He can work. He can work quite well. And then he got really hurt. And then, and I, you know, I'm not saying he was Ric Flair, but damn it. I, I bought into Lex Luger all the time, so that was my uh, that was my most famous one. Uh, the other current wrestler we briefly talked about Imperium once, 
And you and I, I, I would not have allowed you to put Ludwig Kaiser on the list. No shenanigans. Because no, you've talked about him. Because you've talked about and, and you literally one talked time. about your your love for Ludwig Kaiser recently on this program. Well, I'm not saying fine. that that he doesn't fit the description. No, no, it's cool. I didn't put I didn't put him on there. It's true. Because um, everybody remembers the one episode where we talked about Ludwig Kaiser. It was within the last like but, two uh, months. Like, yeah, and one of our five listeners maybe recalls it. I don't know. Um, and then the last, uh, the last name I had on there, oh, the Alligator Man Skinner from his two uh-huh. years back. A million. That's funny because um, I thought about Skinner. Hall of Fame bad gimmicks, but but Skinner was one of those dudes that would just you want to talk about. He was he was like the Brooklyn Brawler turned up to a thousand in just sort of gross, dirty human. And um, apparently that's more the like the real thing guy Sean as well. than anything else that he I'm did. sure it was. According to Bruce Pritchard, if you believe so, his podcast. So good. So yeah, so there's this three. Is, yeah, this this list has been fun. So I had on my list the tag team that I thought you were going to say when you brought up the AWA, and that is Bad Company. Because I love Bad, Bad Company, Company with Paul Diamond yeah, and Pat, Pat Tanaka. Tanaka is a great, great Cause, one. Because that would have been the Tanaka you could put on the list. Because no way would I have let you put the Professor Toru Tanaka on the list. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even consider putting the Professor. Yes, um, I had Ivan Koloff on the list. I also would have put Nikita Koloff, but to me, Ivan was Nikita more surprising. And I figure Nikita has come up in the last twelve years, um, but Ivan to me was was a bigger surprise. Um, it's funny that you mentioned Skinner because I didn't have Skinner on the list, but you can go a little bit older than Skinner to a wrestler from the Australian Outback by the name of Outback Jack, who I would have put Outback on the list because as yep. a kid, as a small child, when I started seeing the Outback Jack, Outback Jack vignettes, I was so excited about Outback Jack. Like, I, I, I down sport, his, his, his name, like, like I did. Enjoy Outback Jack. He didn't amount to anything, but still. Right. The other the other one, and again, I don't know if you would have vetoed it or not, because I, I've never really talked passionately about this guy, but uh, Johnny B. Bad, not Mark Merrill. Johnny I B. don't know. I wouldn't have vetoed that because I don't think it's ever really come up. I think that Johnny, that Johnny B. Bad with the Little Richard look and uh-huh. even those stupid confetti sticks that he would fire off into the, like, say, say what you will about the gimmick. Mark Merrill worked it as hard as he could. Um, and I was all about Johnny B. Bad. If, if for no other reason than I like the name, even if, you know, it was a little Richard, but I, I, I was never a Johnny B. Bad fan, but just the, the thought of the image of Johnny B. Bad makes me feel like that young person who would be watching clash of the champions would be watching those things. For some reason, the image of Johnny B. Bad takes me back there. Even though, well, he's your he he was your opener like every show. That's true. He was the first guy you would see. And Eric Bischoff talked about that. The only other one, well, uh, you would have vetoed Repo Man in a heartbeat. Like we've talked plenty about Repo Man, even though because because that's a guilty pleasure. That was we've been on these lists before. Repo Man. Um, I I really can't think of any others that would have would have been too much on there. So yeah, that that's our list. So here's what we've got to pick from. Santino Morello. Huh? I know. And so you get to kick it all I'm off. Just, I'm just reading the list. Everybody knows. Santino Morella, Ivan Koloff, Playboy Buddy Rose. No. Yeah, Playboy Buddy Rose. And, and what was Doug Summers' nickname? Pretty Boy. Pretty Boy, Doug Summers. 
thought no, you were going to say something. No, Ricochet, no. David Finlay, and Quang. Wrestlers who you would be surprised to know that we loved. I, I have no idea what to put at number one on this list. So for no sake other than the fact that of the six names, this was the name least likely to be guessed by anybody listening. Therefore, I would guess they are the biggest surprise. I am going to put Quang at number one. Because we enough. are about to make the dumbest list ever in terms of order. Yeah, I know. And I'm going to go with the unexplainable for for my number one, uh, my first choice. Because like I said, I don't know why I love the dude, but I kind of love the dude. That's David Finley. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. So I am going to go at number three for no reason other than I have no idea with the Russian bear, Ivan Koloff. He's the Hall of Famer out of the group. So he, He's the former like world pers- heavyweight champion, yes. Yeah, res- respect. Uh, just because I don't want to just have this be us going back and forth and picking our own names. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, I'm going to pick Ricochet for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, at, at number four. Plus, he's probably the most famous of what's left. And we didn't talk much about him. on he- this list currently. There was a description that was made of them. I don't know if it was on SmackDown or if it was on Raw, but they were called the superheroes of WWE right now, Braun Strowman and Ricochet. And they do seem like they would be like two members of like a six-member group of superheroes. They really do. Um, oh, yeah. You got the Hulk and the Flash, man. Yeah, exactly. Like, And and people might say that Ricochet's career in WWE was a failure. I would never accept that whatsoever. Dude is a megastar. Like you could turn him into a WrestleMania main eventer at a moment's notice. I truly believe that about Ricochet. So I am going to go with, uh, of the two remaining choices, I'm going to go with Santino Morella because I felt like there was a little more quirkiness to him. Although he might be less surprising of the two choices, but I'm going to go with Santino Morella. That's fair. You you didn't want to go with Buddy Rose covered in, powdered sugar um blown away blown that was away the, is that the uh yeah the that, was, that was the detergent or whatever the, the soap yes. that was a uh that was a wwf or was it wwf wwf was yeah i couldn't remember the I, I couldn't remember if that was a vince when, when vince jr or senior owned it um sorry one other uh awa honorable mention when, when we were talking about honorable mention, colonel de beers also that's a good right one. up there he was like the king of the bad guys for like the dying era of the AWA. Uh, but anyway, obviously I will take Playboy uh, Doug, uh, Playboy Buddy Rose and Pretty Boy Doug Summers to round out the list. So in what may go down as the dumbest list of all time, although I'm sure it won't because the, the list seems to be sticking around for a long time, which is great. Wrestlers, you would be surprised that we loved Congratulations to Quang, David Finley, the Russian bear Ivan Koloff, Ricochet, Santino Morella, and Playboy Buddy Rose and Pretty Boy Doug Summers. Congratulations to all seven of you. You just made the list. That was the most absurd list we've ever done, in my opinion. And that's saying a lot because last week we did wrestling accessories. So it's oh, that's not, not like... nearly as absurd as this. Not nearly as absurd. 
right, gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. The clock is ticking, and we're in the clear. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. All right, Patrick, I've got a question for you that I was going to ask earlier. I don't have a three-minute warning in mind, so I will do this. We're recording this show on Tuesday night, May 2nd, 2023. Are you going to be available to record two weeks from tonight? Why wouldn't I be? Just just another day. Just another day. Just another day. You know what else it is? Fun, Fun fact, I learned this while researching one of my picks. David Finley's birthday as well. No kidding. You want to know something else that's even creepier? What? Doug Summers died on this day as well. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Weird. I'm dead serious. Weird. Also, uh, WWE Hall of Famer Andy Kaufman died on my birthday as well. No kidding. So yes, two weeks. Yes, two weeks from today, on my birthday, I'll be here. Really? Okay. I figured maybe you'd have plans. Who knows? I mean, I know it's a weekday. No, nah, I. Like, it's it's the it's the end of the it's the end of the school year, man. I know That's it's tough. Ever. Like I didn't, my birthday like was. I barely had time to podcast, man. I had to work on my birthday. Like literally had to like go to visit campuses on my birthday, and, and work took me out to dinner and everything. I didn't do anything with the family on my birthday. So, yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, up until the end of last week, I was supposed to be packing to travel tomorrow for work, and then found out last Friday that they they, they vetoing all travel other than emergency travel because of one of our campuses that can't enroll for a certain program for a while. So yeah, lots of fun. Oh, so Greg, Greg's doesn't sound like fun at all. No, I mean that, that happened last year. The reason why we can't travel, but I was excited to, you know, it's going to be, I was going to leave Wednesday. It's going to get back on Friday, hit some stuff in California. It would have been fun, but Hey, not happening. So I haven't traveled for work since before COVID the November before COVID. I think was the last time I traveled for work. When I got flown to Utah for three days in hmm. October, November, so it's cold. But yeah, it's scenic Utah, Salt Lake City, Salt Lake City, downtown Salt Lake City was kind of cool. I'm not gonna lie, like very clean. Oh sure, city. It it was the weirdest 27 degrees ever because I was walking around in like jeans and a long sleeve shirt and I was fine. But I don't know. <laughs> I, and I remember being 27. It's a, it's a, it's a dry cold. <laughs> it's a dry cold. <laughs> oh, it's so true. So good. That's so. right, everybody. I laughed at my joke. You should have. That was a good joke. It, it's the best kind of jokes are the ones that make you laugh. So we appreciate you listening to the Greg DeMarco show. My name is Greg DeMarco. His is Patrick O'Dowd. Go follow us. Greg DeMarco 44 W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T chair shot media, the chair sports entertainment and sports entertainment and so much more. Just, just go do it. It's the chair shot. It's a lot of fun. Until next time, we appreciate you listening, and we'll see what the world of wrestling gives us. We're in that time of year where we can talk about some crazy stuff. So who the hell knows what we'll talk about. I'm just going to pick a random song, play it, we're going to go home. Chairshot.com. Always use your head. Shut your dumb mouth. Acknowledge me. Dean fucking Ambrose. You just made the list. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.